Welcome to the Equity Team Podcast, where we provide Sedona, Arizona real estate insight to help you thrive during your next real estate transaction. Welcome back to the Equity Team AZ podcast about all things real estate Arizona and what's going on and what's coming. Uh, Today, we have a special guest. We have Zach Wayne with Wayne Capital out of Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you, Zach, for joining. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. You bet. So for our, our audience, um, I've, I've been in the real estate business for quite a few years. I'm a young guy, but I've, I've been doing it a long time and uh, do a lot of business in the Sedona area. And it's been a, a struggle to find good uh, lenders and good mortgage brokers and good loan outfits in general that are reliable, that are competitive, that communicate well, that have great customer service. And, you know, not blowing smoke or anything like that. Uh, Wayne Capital, it's, it's been a real pleasure working with you guys. I mean, you, you check all the boxes and it's nice to know that when you're brought into the fold on a transaction that I, I know it's going to go smoothly and that my clients are going to be really well taken care of. Well, most definitely appreciate it. I know, uh, you know, in any business, there's great lenders and not so great ones and great realtors and not so great ones too. So uh, likewise, when we can have good communication, go back and forth, solve any problems, handle the clients appropriately and take care of them, it's uh, it's uh, been great to work together. Yeah, thank you. So uh, Zach, today mainly, what I'd love to hear from you on, because you're the expert and I know that you consult for quite a few people, I'd love to have you dig in on what's right around the corner. May 1st, Monday next week, there are some changes that are going to impact borrowers that have low credit, borrowers that have high credit, and possibly some other uh, impact as well. Do you mind kind of diving into A, what it is and how it's going to impact borrowers? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the change is being made by the Federal Housing Finance Agency, FHFA. And um, these changes actually happen semi-frequently every year or two. They'll make little tweaks. Hey, we'll make an adjustment here, an adjustment there to how rates and pricing works for different segments of borrowers. If you're buying a second home, like, like when we had that vacation home price change about a year ago, you know that was like one little tweak where they said, you know what, if you're buying a vacation home, you don't get as good of rates as you used to. Now it's more like rental rates. Um, so that's an example of you know previous years, a little tweak, a little tweak. And, and what these things are is they're actually called loan level price adjustments. That's what we call them in the mortgage biz. LLPAs. And they basically say on a conventional loan, we're in conventional loan world here. This isn't FHA or VA or jumbo. Uh, But basically, FHFA gets to say, hey, if you have a good credit score or bad credit score, if you're buying a rental home, here's here's the changes to your rate and pricing. Um, But what's wild about this one, it's the biggest change that I've ever seen, like by far. And um, they announced it four or five months ago, but your normal person, consumer, they don't they don't know what LLPAs are or how it impacts them. And it was in the news, but no one cared. But now that it's rolling up and people are starting to like talk about it and, you know, articles are coming out and, and people are asked, I've noticed a ton of questions about it. So I, I think this is good timing to kind of talk about the changes to these LLPAs as kind of boring or wonky as that sounds, but like you said, how it affects certain people, segments, who it affects. Uh, but it is definitely the biggest, largest sweeping change to mortgage pricing that I've ever seen. I've been in the business about 17 years or so. Okay, good deal. Now, I'd love to have you dig in a little bit more to specifically how how exactly that's going to yeah. impact. If you could kind of talk about maybe one or at most maybe two examples, like kind of 
a demo or example transactions and how exactly that's going to impact the borrower financially and for otherwise. Sure. For sure. And uh, there's hundreds of examples. And without, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just show you all these amazing grids that we have now and all the, like, it's, it's pages and pages of stuff. And anytime the government makes a change and no, no desire to be political with it, but anytime the government tries to make changes and, and it's good intentions, usually things get more complicated, right? It's not usually easier and better. It's usually let's make changes. And now it's like four times more challenging. Um, but I, I do have some examples. So just for your everyday person that they can know, hey, did my scenario get better? Did my scenario get worse? And also a little of the insight. I, I have some of the quotes up by um, the head of the FH, uh, 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 FA, Sandra Thompson, on you know, why they did this. And it's all kind of tough to kind of mumble through. Uh, but to be honest, from the different quotes that I have up from when these press releases came out, the biggest reason I see as to why they did this is to really improve the capital position of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac as far as one day taking Fannie and Freddie away from being government-sponsored entities. They're the weirdest things in the world. They're quasi-government, but quasi-not. Um, so one, I think that's one of the main factors as to why. And the second one that they're really not saying as much, but they're really trying to spur first-time homebuyers who are under the median income for the for their area they're really trying to give them a better deal and help first-time buyers a lot they don't advertise that as much that's my own opinion of what's going on there but um chad a few examples of of what got better and worse and some scenarios first i want to say the better because a few things did get better it won't apply to everyone but a few things did get better um anyone who's buying a multi-unit a two to four unit home pricing actually got better on that uh, not a lot, maybe an eighth percent better. So if you're an investor, you're out there, you're, you're looking for a duplex, your, your pricing actually got just a little bit better. So that's kind of nice. Um, for investors, again, uh, which is kind of funny, a few of these are kind of investor-based, which is odd, a uh, larger down payment, like 30% or more, or 30% equity in a rental property got better. So if you're an investor, there's a couple little pieces here that may have actually got a touch better. Um, other areas that got better. Zach, do you mind if I jump in real quick? I just okay. want a little clarity. So when you're talking investors, you're talking investment specific financing. 100% correct. So not first home, not even second home, but investment loan projects. Correct. Okay. A, a designated rental property, whether okay. a purchase or refi. Okay. Because a lot of our investors, and we obviously, as you know, we, we work with a lot of investors. Um, sometimes we're going to get second home financing and, right. and work an angle there, but you're talking specifically investment programs, not second home financing. Yeah. Okay. Good to Very know. good to clarify the difference between the two. Second home did not change, didn't get better or worse, uh, but specifically rental got a touch better if you're in a high equity position. So like, okay, little, little, little spots where there's little improvements. Um, the big improvement, in my opinion, which I, I do like that this is better for these people because uh, it is expensive being a first time home buyer, right? Like buying your first home if you're in your 20s now is kind of challenging. So if you're within the median income for your county, all the LLPAs, all, all these price hits, all, all these grids, it goes away for you and you get really good price, really good rates. First time buyer within the median income of your county and you get a better deal than you got before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Regardless of credit score. Mm -hmm. So, okay. That's, they're, they're definitely trying to help first-time buyers, which, which I dig. It's, it's, it's tough for first-time buyers. Um, 
The big thing that's what I think is frustrating a lot of people is lower credit score tiers improved. So if you're below a 680, the pricing got better for you, where traditionally, right, you have worse credit scores and they ding you a lot. Now, to clarify, if you have a 620 credit score, yes, the new pricing is better for you than it was two months ago, but you still get better rates and pricing the better your score is on this new model too. But what they did is instead of like a 740 gets this amazing rate and a 620 gets this horrible rate, well, now they kind of compress those margins a little bit. So better credit score still gets the better rate, but it's compressed. Um, And to throw one piece into that, that's that's all I see that actually got better rate-wise for consumers. Um, However, most people under a 680 usually don't get a conventional loan. Like if you're at a 620, 640, you're usually getting an FHA loan, which is a whole different segment. And th- so there, a lot of a lot of the people who may benefit from this are kind of not even using that loan program, anyways. To be honest, because there's better stuff. So again, it's I, I'm not a fan of these changes at all. It's it's kind of odd the way they did it, in my opinion. But those are the only segments that actually got better for people. Okay. So my understanding was pretty skewed, you know, before talking with you and before doing some other research that I, I did before this interview, my, my first impressions of these changes is, was pretty extreme. At first, I was thinking that now if you have low credit, you're going to have actually better terms than high credit. It's like, right, it's like right. a swap. Clearly, that's wrong. But right. there's, it's almost like what's happening. And again, just, just correct me if I'm wrong here. So if you're, you said if you're below 680 credit, right? It's kind of where you get benefit. Okay. So if you're below 680 credit, then you get a little bit of benefit that comes from people that have above what credit? Above 680 or above like 800 or? Yeah. So everyone above 680, really until you get to 780, has a little worse pricing than they did before. Still better than the lower scores, but yes, a, a little bit got taken away from better scores and yeah. a little improvement to worse scores. And so if you're above 780, you're not impacted or you Correct. still are? Oh, Correct. Yeah. so if you have really good credit, you're not impacted by yeah. these changes and they're not borrowing from you. They're, yeah. The borrowing is coming from kind of that mid-tier. It's 680 to 780. It, which is like the vast majority of conventional yeah, borrowers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. For sure. Um, so a little, if you're 680 to 780, which most of us are, they're taking a little chunk away from you. You'll still yeah. have pretty good terms and it's yeah. not a huge hit, right? It's, um, it, it is very minor. It may be, yeah. it may be the equivalent of an eighth worsen rate. Like it depends on the, on your exact score, the loan product, the yada, yada. Like it, okay. it goes down a rabbit hole of examples, but roughly, yeah, maybe you're a 740 and now your rate is an eighth higher than it used to be. Yeah. And, Yes, someone at a 640, if they're getting a conventional loan, which would be weird, uh, would get a better score than they got before. But the big distinction, Chad, is 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 what you said is, you know, art articles come out and everyone wants clicks and they'll title headlines just to get people going. If you have a better credit score than someone, if you're a 740 and I'm a 680, you're still getting a better rate than I am. It's just not as better as the gap yeah. got squished. The exception being first-time home buyer within median income, then they kind of get the best deal around. Okay. So now, Zach, tell me if you think the math is wrong here. The way it was kind of explained to me, and I have a feeling this is close, but you know, you can't take it to the bank or anything. The way that this these changes were explained to me by by someone else recently is that, you know, 
just to give like a dollar amount idea, is that roughly roughly one percent of the total loan amount, you know, over the course of of the loan or something, is what you're going to be feeling. So, I mean, maybe one way to look at it is, let's say it's a four hundred thousand dollar note that maybe you're going to have a forty dollar per month impact. That kind of that you, an extra is that maybe that's not quite. You know it. It's it's really hard to break it down that granular, in my opinion, yeah. because like literally, if you look at these buckets, like it is every five percent <laughs> down payment this way and credit score this way and refibers, okay. cash out refibers. There's so many examples, so I, it, it's hard to get that granular with it um, and yeah. give you that exact like the average person is going to pay forty bucks more a month than they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to kind of misinterpret numbers to try and give you that answer. Cause I just don't yeah. think it's super accurate, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is a little worse for your average person than it was before for, okay. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, you know, the headlines, they, they want their clicks. And so they'll throw terms out there to grab your attention. I think what's the worst parts about this are not even being talked about. And so mm-hmm. not to, you know, throw out worse stuff, but let's I like hear it. Yeah. Things. Let's yeah. hear it. So uh, in my opinion, the absolute worst parts of this is not just that, hey, the average 720 borrower has to pay a little more, which sucks. I'm not a fan of that at all, but um, it's kind of minor. So, all right, let's deal with it. That's how life is. Uh, all refinances across the board for, I don't want to say all, but maybe 90% of the conventional refis out there, even non-cash out refis, pricing got worse. Mm. And by a little larger margin. So, when you go to refi in six months or a year, rates drop, that's a good thing. But now these loan level price adjustments make it a little bit harder for that refi to make sense. Even non-cash out, cash out refis got drilled. Yeah. So if you, hey, let's, you know, my home equity's up, I want to get some cash out and I'll still have 20%. Those cash out rates are going to be way higher. There's a premium for them. Yeah. Um, so non-cash out, especially cash out refis got dinged. Mm-hmm. Um, what are called super conforming loans, where you're in the high cost areas like San Diego County, some counties in Denver, Los Angeles, um, those went up across the board too. And sometimes I think when FHFA looks at that, they're like, oh, it's a 800K loan size. Those people are rich. Like if you're in LA and you have an 800K loan, you are not rich. Like that is the normal person there. They got dinged too. Mm-hmm. And the most confusing one out there, and this is going to be more of a problem when it actually comes time to do a consumer's loan, is for whatever reason, in their wisdom, they put a price adjustment that if your debt to income ratio is higher than 40%, you get a worse rate. Mm-hmm. So we as loan officers have to say we have to, you know, you're pre-approved for 500K and you're doing this amount down and rates are this. And you go buy a home and a week later rates are different or the terms change, or maybe I was off on your bonus income by a hundred bucks a month. And I'm sorry, Chad, you were at 6% in your lock, I know, but a week before closing at 6125, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's it's gonna create a lot of problems for consumers. They're not gonna feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Good luck tr- you know, for me trying to explain that to you and for a consumer to not get mad, why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. So it's this added confusion, added adjustments that just I'm not a big fan of. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, conventional loans are still great. Uh, but it, it was a big sweeping change that I think people should should know about and at least be prepared to understand what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's um, 
it, it is going to be frustrating for most people and it's going to be, it's going to hurt a little bit for most people. The yeah. good news is that, you know, the savvy investor that maybe is financially a little bit more stable, it's going to stink for them, but they can still, most of them can still push through it and they can accept it and they can afford it. It's probably going to hurt the most. I mean, correct me if you you think I'm wrong here, but it's probably going to hurt the most for the non-investor that is is maybe tighter financially. And, um, you know, having that extra payment can be the difference between being able to comfortably, you know, pay all their bills and get their food or whatever it is that they're planning to do can be a lot harder. For sure. I think, I do think the average borrower is hurt by this move. I think it puts a lot more money into Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's pockets with, which if I didn't explain, FHFA basically is the parent of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are, they, all conventional loans run through them. They're kind of the same. Why there's two of them is kind of a long road to go down. Um, It puts a lot more money in their pockets. It really does. And again, I think the goal is for them to have enough billions of dollars of capital to one day get off of government sponsorship and be private entities. So yes, this does hurt consumers uh, from a monetary aspect, uh, hurts most of them. Uh, but there are some pivots to it too. Mm-hmm. You know, your your 700 credit score borrower who's like, oh man, I'm getting dinged by this and this stinks and oh, I'm I'm mad. Like I I hear you and I understand you. Um, but if there's a way to go with an FHA loan now, because FHA actually made their terms better mm-hmm. a couple months ago. F- FHA is a government sponsored loan. It's run through HUD. Uh, it's different than conventional and. HUD actually reduced the PMI rates on FHA a couple months ago. So conventional gets worse, FHA gets better. So some people who would have been conventional now float into FHA and maybe get a better deal than before. So uh, it's not all doom and gloom. Everyone's not hosed by this. I don't think it's a good thing, but there are ways to pivot Um, now more than ever, um, regardless of who you're working with on the mortgage side, find a good person because it's not just, hey, what's your rate? It's we need to look at your scenario, what's yeah. going on and yeah. really dig in. Like it is way more complicated than it used to be um, to figure out Clearly. what it is for the client. Yeah. One of the other things to add to that is it's not just what is our situation as borrowers or potential borrowers that you help us kind of explore and figure that out. It's also that you have access to a lot of options. So once you figure it out, then, you know, because you're very savvy on what's going on and you're well, well read and educated on self-educated on what is happening on, on these changes, you know that how that's going to impact all these different programs. And that's that's one of the things um, that, I, that I really love. Uh, makes my job a lot easier as a real estate agent and also as a as a consumer, as a borrower myself, um, just knowing that you can you can reach out and you can pull these programs, and you know maybe it does make more sense to go the FHA route for a borrower. Maybe it makes more sense to stick with, um, you know, either investment program or second home financing or yeah. something else and go that route. And I know you even have DSCR and you've got all these things, right. so you just kind of pull from where it's going to be. Or on rare occasion, when it doesn't work out, you say, you know, hey, Chad, or hey, Joe Bob, or hey, you know, Julie, or whoever it is, uh, sorry, but, you know, what I have isn't going to make sense for you. That's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I mean, stuff happens in certain scenarios and not everything works, uh, but it, it does pay to be flexible and to have options. And uh, it, it's definitely more work than it used to be to sit through all of this, but it's just 
it's like par for the course now, you know, it's, it's what we have to do to make sure we find you, the client, et cetera, you know, the best deal and hopefully explain it in a way that's understandable and relatable to. Zach, what's your expectation over the next month or whatever, but the next kind of chunk of period of time, do you think they're going to, there's going to be a transition with this where it will continue to change? Or do you think this is here to stay for a while and, you know, it's going to be quite a long time before there are any adjustments to it? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, the only thing that is may not get rolled out and go away is the debt to income over 40% thing I mentioned, like everyone in the industry complained about it and made like a big push. And so they've, they've delayed that for several more months and maybe everyone complains so much it gets removed. Uh, but that's the only thing that I've heard about that's, you know, are we going to change? Are we going to adjust? I think the rest of this is here and I think it's here for a while. Yeah. Um, in my experience, these loan level price adjustments, um, they usually don't go down. You know, they usually only add to stuff over time. Um, and it probably won't be until, um, and again, zero desire to get political, but it, it probably won't, won't be until there's a new administration who maybe yeah. they appoint a new head to FHFA and they have a different thought process. Um, and again, I, I, I do think it's out of best intention. Like they wanna help first time buyers it's it's expensive out there like it's difficult yeah. prices went up so i i appreciate the intention but i do expect these to be in place for a while um over this you know uh stuff to say next month or two but i think the back half of the year i i think mortgage rates do start to work their way down i think everyone's been calling for that for a while um it's hard to be precise about when they start creeping down but we're starting to see the trend um, so I think that'll give everyone a little bit of relief too, if just the general mortgage market, if rates could come down a little bit, and I think they yeah. will Q3, Q4, and yeah. next year. You know, without getting derailed too much and without, again, just like you, without getting political, um, I just want to share very briefly my perspective. And that is that, you know, the grand majority of Americans, um, you know, the, the goal just like you're kind of insinuating that the goal is to help the grand majority right. of Americans that that want to borrow in the future and, and how that's going to impact them. And I think that's great. You know, benefiting people, that's great. Generally, that's great. I'm all for it. The, the challenge here is that this is a program that penalizes people that are producing well, that are creatively growing, that they're building. Um, usually there, there is a, a correlation between stronger credit and what they're able to create and produce financially, you know, and, and a lot of times it's adding jobs, it's building businesses, it's whatever it is. And so, yeah, anything that that penalizes creativity and productivity and success in general and rewards the, you know, less side of that, I think that that's really a shame. And there are ways to incentivize the building and success rather than penalizing the success in the building. And hopefully, you know, we we start seeing more of that at some point. But it is what it is. This is where we are. And uh, Zach, I, I really appreciate you helping out with this. And and uh, we'll probably have some more follow-up questions on this as well as some other things here over the coming weeks. Love to have you back on. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate being here as a complicated topic. And I'm sure more will arise. So uh, yeah. whatever pops up in questions, et cetera, we'd love to chat about it. Very good. Zach, Zach Wayne, Wayne Capital. <laughs> Thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having All me. Right. Thanks for tuning in to the Equity Team Podcast. 
To speak with one of our top agents, visit us at ownaz.com. That's O-W-N-I-N-A-Z.com. Or call us at 928-323-0031.